cool, a way too deep dive into the shallowest people on the planet. New tagline, putting out there. I'm Elizabeth. I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Moran. Call me an internal hemorrhoid, because I'm here to stay. <laughs> Speaking of deep dives, you know how far back those internal hemorrhoids are? <laughs> oh we are I, also I joined by my <laughs> lovely sister, Miss Julia Baker. If I ice you out, you will thank me. Ooh. Are you ready? Yes. That's how you get a hemorrhoid out. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a problematic skin moment, but I have started icing my face where I put a piece of ice cube on my face and rub it in a circular motion and it has improved my skin. Elizabeth, this is day one of icing. Okay. It's, it's very Seventeen Magazine Whoa. It is. Of you. It also has made me Google frostbite on face. Okay, Julia. <laughs> and that is something I am really Because you cannot not move your face do. right now. Alex is Googling hemorrhoids on face. I don't know if yeah, that's Alex and I are having do. medical issues. <laughs> I've been putting an ice cube up my butt. All right. My tagline this week is for Lisa Barlow. I'm the MVP and full of MSG. Oh, nice. Thanks. Oh, that's good. And I have a little announcement. On Monday, when this episode is released, it will be... Our first birthday. Oh, Happy birthday happy podcast. Birthday. What the fuck? Wow. Where's my cake? Whitney dropped it. Oh. Twice. <laughs> so, yay. Happy first birthday to us. We've grown. We've changed. We've evolved. We've updated our description. Where are most of our listeners? Let's give them a shout out. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. We've actually had a pretty big growth in our first year, so it's been very exciting. And we just want to let you know, we really do appreciate you. Here's to the next year. Yes. And without further ado, Potomac? Yeah. I had so much fun watching Potomac. I would like to start with Ray's quote-unquote Spam call. <laughs> that was the oh, yeah. cutest thing. I felt like Karen on drugs during that scene. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Me either. And then she kind of like yada yada it and it was over. A young woman was sending him pictures, right? Called him and then sent him pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think that he was just getting spammed. He seemed genuinely perplexed. But what a oh, weird no. spam. A phone call and then pictures from a young woman saying good morning handsome and then karen's just like ah ray this happens to you all the time she calls that person and says his full name (laughs) there is a spam going around where it's like oh so good meeting you and then there's a picture of a girl that gets sent and it's supposed to try to like get something going like one of those like phishing ones and the call that he received Mm. was from a spam risk number because he says it said is it spam risk but so Julia, he got a text and a spam. I mean, it does look bad. If you had a young girlfriend, wouldn't you make her name on your phone Spamrisk? That's smart. Spamrisk is also my best friend right now. Oh, me too. His reasoning to Karen for to not call the person back is don't bother them. Like leave them alone. Not like oh spam. <laughs> and then his defense of himself is he couldn't handle a younger woman, which I thought was the Honey is grave digging to ever do. <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe that's why she was so set on talking about what plants to plant in those planters. 
Because she kept wanting to go back to that. Maybe she's going to use those flowers on his grave. Oh, she's like, got to start growing yeah, these roses. Yeah, got growing the roses. They got to so be she- in bloom in three mm-hmm. months. I mean, she didn't make him the oldest man alive lift up that huge box of candles. <laughs> Alex, is that your favorite part of the episode? That whole scene was the perfect mood setter for what this episode was about to become, chaos-wise for me. Oh, man. You know, like... If you ever take a playwriting class, they really want you to be mm. intentional with your set design and what you write in the descriptions. And I really appreciate the writers of this beautiful play we're watching, Potomac, for creating the most chaotic set for the most chaotic half-assed party to take place at. Before we get there, another a shout out to the writers of this season of Potomac for very carefully setting up Grace driving <laughs> Candace's car. A season-long arc. <laughs> And we had the foreshadowing episodes earlier. Oh, that payoff. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was all so great. And I mean, the editors are really working their asses off. Every, like every half a second between screams of the women, they flash over to a construction guy measuring something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Giselle's house is under construction. Like it looks like you should be wearing a hard hat. Why did she throw the party at her house? Well, she did it. She threw it outside. And then was so proud of herself that she wasn't going to let certain women go to the bathroom and Robin had to talk her back. (laughs) Is Giselle? And then she still brought it up when the women were there. I mean, even the balloons at her party didn't want to be there. (laughs) They all had Sheena's ring attached to them too. Yeah, if Giselle believed in karma, she should be really worried because... Her toe is broke. The woman's in a boot. Her house is Mm -hmm. being built around her party. The wind is there. The bugs are everywhere. And what is she mad at? Wendy disrespected her patterns on some things in her house. Her game with the little paddles, reasonable or shady, very cute little Mm -hmm. podcast merch. Horrible font. I've never seen a e-invite from 2005 look so bad printed out. Every single one of those questions was incredibly shady. Yeah, I would say the game itself is shady. Yes, but I misunderstood the intention of the title of their podcast because I thought that, of course, everything's shady, but it's reasonable they're being this shady. Mm, nope, it's the di- it's the two. It's the two, but I feel like that is Potomac. Like, all these women are shady. But because they're equally bad, I would argue, it's all okay. Yes. Agree. Mm. Like, what Giselle has said to Wendy, like how she approached the Eddie affair and the boob job, how that related to each other, was shady. Reasonably. Yes. But then Wendy puts together a trip to exclude Giselle. So now we have equal shade. So it's all becoming reasonable. Do you see? Yeah. I do. And here's the other shady thing about this trip. She's shading her own husband, Eddie. Why on earth would Eddie want to be on a husband's trip after all this stuff just happened? Why is she doing this to him, you know? Because he's so excited right. to hang out with 800-year-old Ray Huger. <laughs> well, when I saw this trip, I was like, I don't know if I want to go if Robin and Giselle aren't there. But I feel like Candace and Mia are going to do just fine without them. Yes. I also have to say that Candace 
doesn't like strong, youthful women mm-hmm. on her turf. No, she's used to being the hotshot. Yeah, so she can't handle Mia and she can't handle Ashley. No. Dorothy in Candace's kitchen, listening to Chris say, you've never paid for any of my bills. Does he not know that we all watch Potomac? <laughs> and watched him live in Dorothy's townhouse for years. Also, this is like the 20th time he's mentioned the prenup. So he clearly very much resents the prenup and like arguing this. Oh. The weirdest thing is like, well, I guess this is actually very sweet of all the girlfriends in this. Mm-hmm. They're all acting like they're worried about Candace because she's going to be so successful and Chris is riding her skirko <laughs> I mean, we support her. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Dorothy did bring up a good point, though. The reason that they're questioning his salary as husbander is she has given him a title that implies he's being paid. <laughs> I think that was a reasonable question I if we're so playing too. the Gisela yeah. game. I think yes. so, too. And also, I thought it was like Mia's like, yeah, I've been on my husband's payroll. Or somebody else said that they their husband was on their payroll. Yeah, like, Robin was on Juan's payroll. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And Robin brought this up because she is reasonable. Reasonable Robin. Any last thoughts, Alex? Vaccinated Karen gave me some of the biggest laughs of my week. (laughs) That's how I want every episode to be. And I wish we were on the receiving end of Karen's drunk calls because they sound amazing. Like, why haven't we tapped phones? Afternoon drunk Why doesn't she like Robin? I wanted to hear that Robin call. (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like a Wednesday. It's like maybe 1.45. Oh, hang on. Karen's calling me. And Robin was very reasonable about not being liked by Karen. She likes the phone calls. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing is that like the most reasonable person there, they bring up the Karen call where she's just telling her she doesn't like her. And then there's also Wendy across from her telling her she doesn't like her either. And Robin just sitting there like the chillest person ever. And meanwhile... Mm-hmm. Candace is singing chill while Karen is like having a fever dream. <laughs> oh, it was all so good. All right, Beverly Hills. Okay, a little bit of what didn't happen in the episode. This is kind of old news by now, but have you guys seen the video of Tom leaving his nursing home? Oh, yeah. I watched it like four times, which is really morbid of me. It's actually a huge bummer, and he is very clearly mentally not there he looks or he's being heavily drugged i guess I mean, yeah same it. outcome you're right good good point julia mm-hmm. one way or the other that man is not in his right mind and he looks like on the edge of death he looks horrible and is kind of like wandering around the person and all the heads with. his brother who he's that's dead. what i thought and all the headlines are saying tom says erica knew and mm-hmm. he doesn't know he didn't get what they were asking no. him so I I believe the dementia stuff more now. You don't think it's still all part of the plan? Do you think they took him out with all of the press to help his cause? Oh. I think that might be staged. I mean, I ended up feeling sorry for a monster after watching that clip. Oh, I totally changed Mm -hmm. my tune. I was like, nope. To change our tune back, though, I would like to quote Erica. Want to know who your friends are? Get old and go broke. And I would like to say, Erica, he didn't just get old and go broke. He ruined many people's lives and stole from them. Not just regular people, 
plane crash victims, burn victims, children, widows, widowers. Also, you can't say that after you leave glam. You gotta, you gotta have a beat. I know. And you can't be sipping a glass of champagne at a pickle bar court in San Diego being like, it's just such a hard life. So you know how like, there's a very European way of saying an artist should be judged by their greatest work and not their worst. And Mm. Erica's applying that same logic to Tom and his career, you know, that he Mm. should be judged by all the good he's done in the world and not the truly monstrous things that he's done. And she's saying this on the very night where everyone's going, Erica's just so fun tonight. <laughs> was Were you both kind of like weirded out by how they reacted to her on that night? Where she's like, it was just so nice to see Erica the way she is again. Because I really didn't see that much of what they were talking about. There's... She made me uncomfortable. I kind of was very yeah. creeped out by her. And then later on on the boat when she like, got angry about something that wasn't even happening. Yeah. She's saying don't kiss and tell people who kiss and tell, making me think that she had multiple affairs that got reported to Tom. That's the only thing I yeah. can think about. Or some of the women he had affairs with turned him in. Something. There was something yeah. weird. But it prompted that great Sutton's quote about, there's just that underlying scary part to her. That's so yes. true. There's just like that underlying menace to Erica. I'm sure we, we all forgot that Erica and Army Hammer... We're neighbors. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, it brings up the the big, the breaking news about Army Hammer that we all know that he had like a, a cannibal fetish. Julia, how does this play into the conspiracy, as it were? Is Army Hammer a player in this to some degree? There have been so many car crashes, Alex. And what happens when you're in a car crash and you roll four or five or six or seven or alleged times? Your skin gets scraped up. You sprain there's, your ankle. There's skin all <laughs> over those roads. Wait, Who smells? Who smells it? Oh. And where does it lead back to? Erica's house. Wait, is that why he bought the house next door? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'll, wow. I'm liking this. Well, uh, I do have to say I'm so happy that Lisa Renna is taking up yoga and pools because otherwise she's going to hurt her back bending over backwards to make up absolutely bizarre excuses for Erica. She just can't. She wants to talk about the widows and orphans, but she just can't. Just can't. Because her lawyer told her not to. Probably. That's the one thing Erica can't bring up. Like, I don't get why she and Kyle are, like, going so Mm -hmm. hard. Also, (laughs) Kyle was such a mean girl during that wine tasting. Like, a middle school mean girl. That wine tasting, by the way, felt like I was watching a satire of white woman on a wine tasting. It was too insane. Guess who two white women were actually on a Temecula trolley? Yes. And we even had a tour guide on our trolley who had the exact same name, but that was not our tour guide. No, ours was much younger. Oh, much. As are we. I hope you all reacted the same way they did every sip of wine. We We got drunker and drunker. (laughs) They would hold it up into the sun and go, amazing. I did pull a crystal and buy a lot of bottles. (laughs) Julia is the crystal. She gets all caught up in the moment and starts buying people gifts for like, in my dad's memory, and you're all jokes to me, like, yes! That's how Julia owns tequila sipping glasses. Yes, I get very caught up. Where do I sign? Any final thoughts? Lisa Rinna says, I can find my light in a coffin. And she's accepted her fate. Yes, and who is going to eat her body from the coffin? Army Hammer. All right. And with that, Salt Lake City? All right, I want to start how we started last episode. 
because I don't know where I stand with the whole Jen Brooks thing. Yes, Jen is liking tweets about Brooks being gay. And I get that she's like trying to out him and Utah is very conservative and that's not cool. But also, Brooks is a 20-year-old and he keeps bringing it up on national television. Also, when you Google Brooks Marks, it says everywhere, the first openly gay son on Bravo. But he's not openly gay. He said I'm not. I know, and those are all articles from November 2020. Well, that's a lot of people making a lot of assumptions. I mean, I don't want to say it. Well, but we all see Brooks Marks. Like, I don't know where I stand, because he's kind of like... I know where I stand. All right, Julia, lay it and on me. how I decided this is the last scene of this episode, where Jen refuses to take responsibility for running her own Twitter account. And it was at that moment I know she knows what she did is wrong. And also, she apparently hosted a Zoom thing where she put emphasis on questioning his sexuality. I would See, like to know more about creepy. that, too. Yeah. You're right. It's that she, like, can't back down. She believes her own lies, I think. I think she lies so much it doesn't mean anything to her well her whole shaw chalet and having so many assistants her whole life is a lie i mean it's the thing she keeps saying like she's being forced to apologize all the time i think that's like she no matter what people are coming at her with she's just sick of apologizing she's sick of feeling like the like the bad person she's just desperately trying to get out of that position which is so funny to watch knowing what's about to happen to her i know and oh it- did you hear what went down jen made a stealing identity joke to lisa yeah it, she said we needed your weight for the ice fishing, which I and get. Your height, yes, and she yes, said yes, your height, your eye color, insane. your social security that was number. Insane. The hubris to do that on national television when you're stealing people's identities in real life. Like you said, this is following us watching her and Stu do this to a person yes. on We Jen's watched computer. it last episode. Yes. Like, I don't even need a hitman. It's all right in front of us. The FBI is just sitting at home watching with us. After that episode where she makes Stu go into the ice castle to make sure that she won't slip, it happens again. This episode, she makes him go out onto the lake in front of her. Yeah, it's like, Jen, giving him the ammunition. No wonder he... What did he do? Didn't he start singing like a canary? Yeah, he threw her under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, So Heathers talks about drinking the friendship juice. Am I drinking the friendship juice? When I'm watching Meredith and Jen fight, Jen looks like a crazy person. But Meredith still is kind of off, so I don't really feel, like, comfortable standing behind her. So, like, yes, here I am. But then when it's just Jen... I support Meredith. I don't know if I completely support Brooks. That's right. No, what, Alex? I okay, there we go. Meredith's there we go. Coming from 100%. Right. Okay. And the reason you're having a hard time with Meredith is because Brooks is an adult man who has no problem vocalizing his own issues mm-hmm. to the camera. And so, like, the whole mm-hmm. my child, my 20 year old child, which is a direct quote from her, you know, comes off as weird because he's clearly a man. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. Jen is doing, she's just spewing hate for the LGBTQ community. community. And saying, I didn't tweet that when there's, like, evidence. I see why Meredith stormed off. But I do have to appreciate that Meredith showed up. Because when you watch her walk. (laughs) The thousand miles. You could just picture the one cameraman following her. It probably took, like, 30 minutes. 
It's true. Because when Jen's following her to keep talking to her, as she's she's still like walking away while it's happening. And that's why that takes so long. It's because it's such a long distance. Not that she's staying behind to talk to Jen. It's that she she's still get walking away. back to her car. This happened just a couple days ago. Mia from Potomac put on Instagram a light gray background with italic cursive white font making it very hard to read i'm so sorry about my recent captions my social media manager has been fired so i thought it was very funny that that was brought up this episode (laughs) i don't have many notes about jenny this episode other than the fact that I really am not liking the whole should we have another kid argument with her husband. But something she did say that stuck out to me was, well, I have someone to manage my Twitter. So I took to the internet and Ginny has less than 9,000 Twitter followers. Oh, then what a weird statement. Do you think she just got asked on the show and someone's like, well, you need someone to manage all your accounts. You're going to have so many people. I think that, yeah, Bravo probably said, like, we're going to give you, like, an intern to check in with you because contractually she has to post A, B, and C. So maybe that's what she means. I love Ginny. I like that she got in the face of two people she doesn't know and was like, this is so annoying. Just make up. I I also love her voice. And Mary is a mediator, though Mary is insane in any other circumstance. Julia, Julia, Julia. I have to fart. No. Listen. (laughs) She doesn't call it farting, Elizabeth. Oh, a poot? She has to poot. A poo toot. It was nice that her son ate this episode. He finally got some Oh my gosh. But she tried really hard not to let him eat because the prayer to the food and the chefs preparing the food. The grilled cheese was cold. Also, I'm worried for him because she really wants him to join the army. And she said... To drown him a little. Yes. She wants him to drown? Is this like a baptism rebirth reference or does she want him to die? Cult, 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 cult. cult. Oh my gosh, instead of drink the Kool-Aid, it's going to be go ice fishing. (gasps) She, when they're in a group outing, having Mary there draws attention to the fact that these women are curated for our enjoyment. I like pretending that they're friends like Lisa Barlow didn't meet Jenny like 20 minutes ago. I like to pretend that they all actually know each other, but Mary's too nuts. But Mary is recruiting yeah. Brooks, which I find a fun little side hustle for her. I, I would like so to talk bizarre. to Brooks post-Mary meeting. I love that the hatred of Jen is bringing them together. I know, but they say that they're bonding over their hatred of Jen. And then in that conversation that we watch them have, Brooks is like, oh, Jen's doing this. And Mary goes, oh, Jen? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not the thing that unites them. I have one little bone to pick with the Jenny thing, and this is a bone to pick with Bravo. It's definitely, it's not with all of them, but a lot of the time when they introduce like a new housewife, we spend too much time with them and their personal family life. Oh, I don't give a shit about your kids. Mm -hmm. Totally You know what I mean? Like we're spending way too much time with Jenny at home. We are. Though her daughter is a Hilarious. Hero. Love the daughter. Yeah. She's totally hilarious. Agree. But like I want more like more in the mix with things and like spend less time. She does time. great in a group of fighting women. Let's see more of that. She does. Mm-hmm. And the stuff with her and her husband feels kind of. Oh, I thought it was total like bullshit. I don't really fully buy like, it. Like there's no yeah. way that he actually wants her to have. Or at least I hope there's no way he actually wants her to carry another child when it is medically unsafe and unsound. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am so excited to move us along. Vanderpump! Okay, I'm not a huge Vanderpump person. Please hold your shock. 
noises. Sorry, couldn't. I watched the first couple seasons, couldn't get into it. I couldn't stand Stassi and Jax. Well, guess what? I'll let you know. Here you go. Perfect entry point for you. <laughs> the last time I watched it, Katie had super brassy hair and was really mean. So I feel like I mm. joined at the best season ever. Let me tell you, never since I watched Potomac mere hours before was I so happy. What a great show. Right. Everybody's nuts. I'm worried for the future of Vanderpump Rules because I now think it's going to be called Schwartz and Sandy's Rules. Lisa's getting written out of this thing. I think they're staging a coup to get their old castmates back. I don't know. Okay, so really fast, right after that we record this pod, I think we should get together and buy up every single domain name we think the Toms could possibly pick. <laughs> and make them buy it from us yes. for like free drinks for life or something. Yes. Tom, Jerry, and Tom... I'm a Jack Stan. I think he might be, if not the, then definitely one of the funniest reality TV characters, in quotes, of all time. Agreed. Just every situation with him, to me, is a hundred times funnier. So I was worried, because he, he was, so much of my enjoyment from the show comes from him. But a close second is James Kennedy. And you know who really brought it this episode? James, James. Kennedy. Uh, Jax has been grooming James for seasons. Absolutely. Were they for friends? this moment. They used to no, call him little no. brother, big brother. They had a little okay. brother, big brother program going on. You know what, Alex, that's so funny you said yes. that because I said, oh my gosh, I am loving English Jax. It's the same chaotic <laughs> energy, not making any sense. His story of fighting with Lisa's son, and he's telling it in a way that he's supposed to be the good guy. And then I told him it's just $10. So then I stuck my hand in his glass, punched him in the face, set something on fire. Can you believe this man? All over a $10 split salad charge. And it's also a fun callback to his insults to Randall. Fat man. Yes. He loves hanging on to the, the fat insults. He also called Katie. That's the fat. beauty with James. He'll just turn on a dime. Like right after that big blow up at Max at Lisa's house, when he walks away, Lisa comes up and goes, don't, don't you love him, James? He goes, yes, I love him. I can't believe that just happened. Like, James, he's yeah. in the other room. You can like, walk over there. You can chase after him. It was hard to watch Lisa pick James over her own son, though, in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen her son? He does see James is right when he says he's the most boring person in the world. <laughs> I actually feel like Max had the best moment he's ever had on Vanderpump. Usually we just see him like scurrying in the background being a busboy. I feel like he really yeah. got to shine. But they have the best, most interesting relationship in the whole show, Lisa and James. Ugh. Just some uh, fresh eyes takeaway. Huge fan of Ariana doing my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> when somebody talks, sticking her tongue out like a her. little kid. Love it. Sheena Shea, my favorite person. Although, I didn't like that she was mad at Lala for not being there with her. Because her baby daddy was currently golfing. Okay, I think Brock is the best addition to Vanderpump Rules we've ever had since James Kennedy. And that's because when Sheena Shea is on the podcast explaining how hurt she was that Lala wasn't there, Brock, who started this whole incident, says, do better. And yeah. why didn't she answer your phone call? Mm, I was very busy golfing. She should have been a good friend. Called you back. 
That was more of a Michael Darby. I'll get, I'll get Brock. Picture, picture Michael Darby with more muscles and looking absolutely nothing like Michael Darby. Has Sheena Shea moved away from Marina Del Rey? <gasps> what a great sentence, first of all. But no, I don't think so. They would have addressed it, right? Well, Elizabeth, the important thing for you to know about Sheena is that mm-hmm. she kind of has a pattern of getting really, really upset about friends not showing up for her for specific things. Um, I know this is like a huge thing that happened with her, but I mean, I mean, the timing was a little weird for her to get that mad at Lala about it. But like, she got mad at all of her friends one time for not texting her after she got like a minor surgery. <laughs> I oh, that's like so. in her early a, seasons, it right? It was like a plastic yeah. surgery. Like, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it's like very like a lip injection situation. Like, not mm-hmm. even under. I totally remember that. Yeah. Um, Lala was successful in that fight though because she said going into it, I will be collecting apologies and giving none out. And she collected like eight apologies from Sheena and did not issue a single one. And honestly, rightly so. So well done, Lala. Yeah. We all we all don't like Katie, right? Um, Schwartz. I'm doesn't. on and off with her. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel really sorry for her right now. She clearly wanted a baby. It wasn't working out. She got frustrated. She's trying to become a part of this new restaurant and she's being cock blocked where one of them does mm-hmm. not want her and the other one seems indifferent at best mm-hmm. and the indifferent one's her husband mm-hmm. yeah they they seemed more touchy than i remember them being the toms no katie and oh. tom but oh. also the toms well, the toms are very touchy no katie and her husband i remember them not liking each other more so we'll, we'll see if that grows. Yeah, they like there's a whole like couple seasons long thing of them like not having sex with each other. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And he <laughs> so. did yell I hate you a few times last season. It's and not And he has great. cheated on her quite a few times. Mhm. Yeah. Overall, very fun. So excited. Um <laughs> I will be very interested to see if any of these people rule at Vanderpump because I don't think it's like what two out of ten actually are servers. I know, and now we're all yep. focused on yeah. this new restaurant that doesn't involve Lisa and Ken. So if I were Lisa, I would be really worried about the yeah. show going rogue. Alex, were you delighted overall though? I was. I was so delighted by Sheena. <laughs> Getting a magician to perform at her birthday. <laughs> okay, I loved that magician. I love that idea. I did too, but Sheena gets picked on so much by everyone, and it's just so funny to see like her just do it to herself. Yeah, I probably would have been the asshole there, being like, what the fuck? But then having a great time. <laughs> the ring thing was cool. Oh yeah, the hibachi. It was like my two favorite things, magic and hibachi. I I wish I was besties with Sheena. I would call her anytime she wanted me to. No, it's not a Kathy Corner, but it has the chaotic energy of Kathy Corner. So I'm going to award our Kathy Corner as a Vanderpump Corner to James, who stands up at a party he is not hosting at somebody else's house and toasts. He makes a toast at someone else's party being hosted by somebody else. He has zero involvement. He is a mere guest. (laughs) And he says... Everybody, I'd like to take a minute if you go just look up here. Thank you all for coming. I like that ownership. He, you know, he walks in there, he fakes it till he make it. Well, he had that pre-workout pill he was talking about before, <laughs> so he was really hyped up. Okay, Jin Shaw, James. Put anyone with James, and it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and Giselle. You named anyone. 
Giselle and James would be the perfect show. Giselle, you know James who's not Jin funny? <laughs> you know who's not funny with James mm. though? Raquel. Raquel. Raquel cannot be funny. Yeah. Oh, she's a bummer, right? She's such her a bummer. Her voice is different now. Yeah. Her voice dropped a couple octaves. It Ooh. did. Yeah. All right, you guys. Awards? Yes. Yes. All right, awards. My award this week is the Princess Bride. That word doesn't mean what you think it means, award. And I am splitting it between Wendy from Potomac and Miss Jen Shaw from Salt Lake City, who both declared that they are Zen, when in fact neither of them are Zen even a little bit. Yes, they do not know what Zen means. But they keep using it. Yes. Is it because their names rhyme? With That's Zen? the only reason. Jen Zen, Win Zen, Zen Win. Zen Jen. Yeah. When uh, were they Zen? Have they been? <laughs> my, my The Chill Song Award. Mm. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Chill, 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 chill. In reference to the Cynthia and Mike wedding episode of last season of Atlanta, where every housewife on that show had their own little rendition of the word chill, <laughs> goes to Candace from Potomac who takes mm. time out amidst all the chaos of that amazing final scene to just start belting out the word chill, her own rendition of a classic <laughs> song in the Bravo verse. And a good one. It ranks up there amongst the best. Chill. Billy pushes Trip and Karen over the edge. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Candace. My most problematic husband, Michael Darby Award, <laughs> is gifted to... Seth, for saying to Meredith, his beloved wife, are those your eyes? I've never looked into your eyes before. I'm always looking at that investment on your chest. He is such a freak. So you've never seen your wife's eyes. You're also making reference that her boobs have been purchased. For his enjoyment? He's the fucking worst. Remember when we were introduced to him? (laughs) We were like, ew, who the fuck is this guy? We didn't even talk about him last episode where he was equally horrible. Should we just have our favorite 30 seconds of Seth and we're watching Meredith try? Maybe that's why she's on so much Ambien. She has to live with the fucking I don't know why she stayed with him. You could see her face as she goes, lovely. Like, you can just tell that she's, I'm leaving you after this season. Oh, I just remember what he said last time. Hmm. They're eating takeout. We got to eat this takeout. It's getting colder than a witch's asshole. Yeah. What? He's a freak. Mm. And then he looks around. Oh, he's just the fucking worst. Ugh. Ugh. Mm -hmm. I'd rather hang out with Michael Darby. Oh, God, Ooh, I would I never know. go that far. <laughs> yep, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh, God, Elizabeth. So you want to do your impression of him to him. You just want to perfect that impression. Hello, Elizabeth. Oh, hello, Michael. <laughs> would you like a uh, Corona? No, it's all right. I actually uh, already got the one. Corona while we sit here and look at the city skyline. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's enough of that. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to you, Happy birthday, us. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. 
Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.